The NFL draft is over, and some players, they didn't go as early as they thought. Some players went undrafted. And so now, will these players play with a chip on their shoulder? And should they? What about in our own lives? Do we live with a chip on our shoulder? And should we? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It Podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truth. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like Him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacking It Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson, joined by my co-host, Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we are unpacking the NFL draft and this whole concept of having a chip on our shoulder. What does it mean for an NFL player to have it? And these, these draft draftees that, that just got drafted or undrafted or went undrafted. And so uh, we're, we're going to look at it from a couple different angles today. And we're so glad that you're here with us. And thanks, everybody, uh, watching on YouTube or Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and everybody that listens to the podcast uh, later on, uh, on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else. And so uh, great to have you with us. Uh, you can always email me, Bryce at Unpacking It. Com. Always love to hear from you. And also check out our website, unpackingit.com. If you haven't subscribed to our devotional that goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday through email, be sure to subscribe on unpackingit.com. Also, if you enjoy this podcast and would like to support what we do here at Unpacking It Ministries, uh, you can do so. Uh, there's a, a, a little thing that you put your phone up to. What do we call that, Luke? Uh, the, uh, whatever you call that, you put your phone up, QR code, QR code. Thank you. Uh, and so you can do that or go to unpackingit.com slash donate. Uh, in my mind, the, the, the idea of QR code doesn't resonate. I, I can't get it in there. It, every time I go to pull that word out, I, it never happens. So we'll, we'll work on that off air. Uh, but appreciate your support. We have a lot of wonderful donors that, that allow this show to happen and, and so we would greatly appreciate uh, your support as well as we continue to move forward as, uh, as God leads us and provides uh, for us uh, through people like you. And so we thank you for that. Uh, we're also grateful for our sponsor, Sugar Creek Coffee. It's delicious coffee. I'm, I'm wrapping up one bag, about to start another bag. Uh, so that's always fun. You make that transition to the, to the new bag. Uh, and so if you are looking for some delicious coffee, Check out sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. And at Sugar Creek Coffee Roasters, they specialize in handcrafted, small batch, artesian roasted coffee. And so they don't roast until you actually place an order. So you can be assured it's the freshest roasted coffee uh, and it's delivered to your door. Um, and so, uh, so definitely check that out. Sugarcreekcoffee.com, promo code UNPACK. Uh, shout out to one of our loyal listeners, Josh, who uh, tried to tried to talk to the the church about getting Sugar Creek coffee at the church uh, as the coffee option. So we'll see how that moves forward. 
uh, but appreciate that effort. So, uh, so that's another idea. Try to, you know, churches that offer coffee, they got to get it from somewhere. Move on from the Folgers. Try some Sugar Creek coffee. Let's go. So, uh, so we appreciate that. All right, Luke, the NFL draft is complete. Bryce Young is the Panthers' number one pick, our quarterback of the future. The, uh, the image going around today, he's still very small, hmm. uh, but I am, I am learning to embrace uh, the fact that he's our guy. And so uh, there was plenty of excitement here in Charlotte surrounding the draft, and, and we're feeling pretty good as, as Panthers fans. Even though it wasn't my pick, I wrote about this last week, hmm. uh, what happens when you, you don't get what you want and, and things don't go the, the way that you thought they should. Uh, and so that, of course, was the case for me. I, I wanted C.J. Stroud. But uh, but I'm I'm embracing it. Bryce Young's our guy. So here we go. How did you feel about the draft? Yeah, it was. Um, my Cowboys drafted defensive tackle for the first time, and I think my lifetime is what it feels like. So mm. we went from not being able to stop the run last year to uh, our first round draft pick is immediately our best run stopper. So that's uh, fantastic. Uh, I do want to quickly shout out a non football team. My Dallas Stars had to throw up the Madonna jersey on the wall today into the second round, playing our boy Sean's uh, Seattle Kraken. Um, but the draft was fantastic. It was extremely entertaining because it was. even it was the fun. first pick, overall pick, you weren't really sure. It wasn't a clear favorite. How the top three was going to happen, you had no idea. How the top five, the amount of trades, every pick felt like, man, there's there's three or four guys here that this team could select. So from an, from an entertainment perspective – Oh, it was fantastic. It was it was great. I do think there's a, a new era of GMs that are willing to be aggressive, willing to make moves, willing to sacrifice future picks to go get their guy. You know, what Houston did to get Willie Anderson, they gave up a lot. Yep. But you give them credit for, hey, this was who we want. This was our guy. And, and they did it. And then other teams willing to kind of trade back if they weren't sold on a guy. So teams were willing to make moves even more so in, in the past, I think. Uh, that makes it more fun for us as viewers because you never know what's going to happen next. Oh. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know Philadelphia, everybody's been talking about them. They put on a show. They, they did a wonderful job. Now, these guys have to live up to the hype, but on yeah. paper, you, you draft guys from a national championship team. It's, it it, it ten, tends to be pretty good for you. It's the so, Philadelphia uh, Bulldogs or the Georgia man. Eagles is what it feels like, which it, it is so discouraging from a Cowboys fan's perspective because the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and then they draft Jalen Carter, arguably the highest graded player in the draft. And then the Eagles, who went to the Super Bowl at 30, <laughs> Nolan Smith, who they were hoping to be able to draft at 9 or 10, is sitting there. And then you trade a fourth-round pick, which what's that going to turn into in the future, for Swift? For a proven oh. running back. Now, an injured running back, but a proven running back. When he's out on the field, he's, yes. he's very good. Yeah. Very good. But it, it only cost him a fourth-round pick because the Lions, oh, like, we well have our guy. It. Yeah, yeah, have him. It's like, are you kidding me? Even if so. they get eight games out of him or I know. every other game. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, it's worth it for him. So, yep. yeah, that was fascinating. And then, of course, the other – element of the draft that we'll focus on today is this happens all every year, but there are certain players with all the mock drafts, all the analysts, the projections, they're expected to go early. And of course, Will Levis is sort of the, the face of this this year. Some people thought he was going to go one yeah. or, or two or three or four. I mean, 
there, there, were, there were a lot of different possibilities that he was going to go early. You know, oh, maybe the Colts are interested in, in all these different teams. And sure enough, he slips all the way to the second round, goes to the Titans. They trade up to get him. And, you know, you feel bad for, for him. Like on one end, maybe he doesn't have the best personality. You root against him. But then on the other end, you actually feel bad for him. That's a really difficult spot for a 20-some-year-old kid to, to have to go through. So I do feel oh. for him with that. Uh, but there were multiple players that and it depends on the expectation, depends on what your agent tells you, depends on what coaches told you, hey, we won't let you slip past the second round or we won't let you slip past the fourth round. Or if you're there in the seventh, we're taking you. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of players go undrafted. A, a lot of players slip to, to day number three when they thought they were day two uh, type, of, type of draft situations. And so what ends up happening, though, following the draft is analysts or even the individual players mention this concept of, well, now that guy is going to play with a chip on his shoulder, or I'm going to have a chip on my shoulder moving forward. And so first off, Luke, what player maybe slipped through the cracks or or did you see kind of maybe the biggest drop in in your eyes? Yeah. Well, yeah, certainly at Will Levis. I mean, I'm not sure I've ever seen in my, I mean, I'm only 25, but the potential number one overall pick, or to be even in the conversation, like for him to be in the conversation mean, means there had to have been some validity. It wasn't just teams blowing smoke. But then to not even be drafted in the first round? Like, remember Ben Roethlisberger dropped a lot, but he was still first rounder, right? He was still top 10. Okay, okay. I thought, so he, yeah, I don't yeah. Think he... But I remember the narrative about Ben Roethlisberger's, oh, 15. can you believe how much he's sliding down the draft? And yet, Will Levis is a second rounder. Um, I know a guy like Joey Porter Jr. He had a first round grade, and when he was available at twenty six, me and all my Cowboys buddies were texting, "Oh, Porter's the pick! Here it comes, Joey Porter, our new cornerback." And yet, he slid to the second round. So, but he ends up with the Steelers. So it's like uh, it, come on. it worked out perfectly. Yeah, Pr- pretty pretty good. But yep. but the reality is, when you have in your mind that oh man, I'm gonna be a first rounder. So when this is happening and you're slipping and, and teams are passing yeah. on you. And you're feeling rejected. You're you're feeling disappointed. You're you're discouraged. You're frustrated. And you got a camera on you. If you're a guy like oh. Will Levis, panning to you every five minutes, every oh. ten minutes, just watching you sit there, waiting for your phone to get a call. It's a it's got to be a brutal feeling. Oh. There's no question. So, uh, so you know you you feel slighted. You're you're you know oh man I'm snubbed, uh, rejected, all these types of things. And so when it's over. It's okay. I'm going to use this as motivation. I'll show those teams that passed on me. I'll show that I'm better than the players that were drafted before me. And so this concept of a chip on the shoulder, we've celebrated it in in sports. We we view it as a good thing. And we talk about players who are, are too small or come from small schools or, you know, go late in the draft or undrafted. and, And when they, you know, rise to a hall of fame status or, or pro bowl or whatever. And we go, man, that, that guy, he played with a chip on his shoulder and yep. look how he made it. Yep. Like we just drafted future hall of famer, Deuce Vaughn, five <laughs> foot five from Kansas state, which was really cool. Have you seen the video of his dad? Uh-huh. Who's a cowboy scout Oh yeah, 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 yeah. calls him and says, Hey, you want to come to work with me next week? Which so stinking cool. Um, but yeah, we just drafted the next Darren Sproles. Talk about a guy who's going to play with a chip on his shoulder, dominates right. college football, and is a sixth-round pick. 
Gosh. So, yeah. No, it's so on one end, we understand it. We understand that that those you know feelings of of disappointment and frustration can be turned for for good and and for motivation. And it's okay, you you have this extra extra edge to you. But let's unpack it a little bit more. And, and do we really believe that? And then we'll look at it in our own lives as well. But but here's what Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, defines having a chip on one's shoulder as having an angry or unpleasant attitude or way of behaving caused by a belief that one has been treated unfairly in the past. <laughs> so those yeah. sound real positive. So if you can use some of this as, as motivation and, and in a positive way, all right, fine. But this whole concept of, man, it's awesome. You got a chip on your shoulder and yes, this is great. And it's like, wait, are you just angry and, and somewhat arrogant and absolutely. And it, yes. That's what it comes it goes across. Too far. As. That's what it comes across as. Think of it's also kind of cringe and just a little cliche. Now like when a, and a wide receiver will be interviewed. Hey, you know, how do you feel about your draft? And said, I've got every receiver's name memorized in order who was drafted before me. <laughs> I just don't really care. Uh, it, it does come across as arrogant, certainly bitter, I'm better than these guys. I'm going to dominate them. They're nothing. I've got them all memorized in order who went before me. It's like, I just, I'm out on that. I, I just don't think that's impressive or, oh, that guy's awesome. No, I don't think so. So, like, we hear about this. We hear even some of the greats, you know, Kobe or Jordan, and, and they, they always seem to have a chip on their shoulder. They create ways to, to motivate themselves. Yeah. And, but, but in some ways, I don't fully buy it. Like, I understand that professionals are on a level that we can't, as, as mere mortals, understand, right? <laughs> um, but but this, this whole idea of what motivates them, I mean, ultimately, they have to be motivated because they love the sport. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're motivated by, by a desire to be great and, and a desire to continue to, to get better. And in some ways, that if they need extra it's, it's like you need extra motivation don't don't you just want to be you want to be great i know like do you do you really buy the narrative that that mj would create fake stories in his mind like fake narratives that this guy was talking trash about me and it actually never happened well i do believe we, do we buy did. that well no i believe that he did did he need to probably not you know what i mean like he was yeah. good enough as is whether yeah. he had a chip on his shoulder or not but but the, the the thing is whether we justify it or accept it in in sports that's fine um, it's it's slightly different but, but when it comes and I think some of it translates as well but when it comes to life and, and actually how we interact with people and and how our our mindset and attitude kind of affects how we behave and how we think and if we truly are living this way with a chip on our shoulder. Is that really the best way? Is that the best way to to come across? Is that the best way to be motivated in in life? And and so you know when when we think about bitterness or holding a grudge or resentment or or this idea that that we've been you know treated unfairly or we've been hurt or not an idea a reality that that we've been hurt we've dealt with pain in our life what do we do with that? And in some ways, yes. We want to turn it around for for good, and ultimately, we trust God to to do that. and And we want to view things that were negative in a positive 
light and say, okay, I'm going to use this in, in a good way. But, but in some ways, having a chip on our shoulder means that we're hanging on to the past. We're hanging on to that pain. We're hanging on to that, that bitterness and that grudge. And all right, I'll, I'll show them. I'll, I'll, I'll show you how, how great I am. <laughs> and, and, and I think we take it too far. And I think ultimately it, it holds us back from actually being motivated by, by love. And it sounds kind of silly to say, but it's like, well, are we really being motivated by love and motivated by what God has called us to? And, and mm-hmm. who, like we talked about last week, who, you know, who he's made us to be, um, or are we driven by negative emotions and, 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 and how far can that really take us? Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where there's, there's some things in the sports world where we just accept either that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. The chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Have all the bitterness you want towards people that uh, are competing against you. But in real life and real life, sports is real life, but in our own lives, is that, do we celebrate that? I'm sure in some areas we do, but I think if we really thought about it, we would say, no, I just don't know if that's the mindset I want to have for myself. Because certainly it's not in the long run fruitful or productive. But in the sports world, we glorify it. It's just an interesting dichotomy there. Because, yeah, the, the root of it is is bitterness or anger that, Hey man, yeah, I was wronged and I'm going to show you and I'm going to go and and prove to everybody and okay, we 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 like this idea and, and this is sort of an americanized, you know, thing too is hey, look what we're going to accomplish and look what we're going to do and it's all about but it but it becomes all about me mm-hmm. and what I'm going to do and it's almost like it doesn't matter who gets in my way and and when I think of man, that guy's got a chip on his shoulder. When I think of that I think of that guy that that comes across really arrogant or not willing to to listen to anybody else or he's got all the answers and, and so I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I, I think that guy it, it it pushes people away. It it turns people off and it, you're you're hard to deal with or work with uh, when when that's your your mentality. That's your your attitude. And so I think some of the other results of having a chip on our shoulder is we just don't trust other people. Because we're holding on to, well, I was hurt in the past. I was wronged in the past. I was passed over in the past. And now I think that other people are going to do that as well. But I'm going to have a chip on my shoulder, and I'm going to take control, and I'm going to push people out of the way or do what I need to do or say what I need to do with pride and arrogance and selfishness. And we don't let people in, or we we keep people at a distance. And Yeah, it does we, damage we trust them. because – while you're thinking this chip on my shoulder mentality is going to get me where I want to be, it really pushes away what you need, what you were saying. Can you really have solid, meaningful relationships if you are the ultimate chip on your shoulder guy, where it really is about you, everyone else is in my way, I'm better than you, I'm better than you, I'm better than you, that conflicts with mm. meaningful relationships, which we need. It certainly conflicts with pl- the pl- plenty of idea and the ideals of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, so it ultimately ends up doing damage rather than helping you. Mm. But it feels like, oh, this is what I, this is how I need to operate in order to get where I want to be. 
but you're actually just leaving a, a trail of damage behind you. Yeah, and I don't want to get into this too much, but, but I think there's something there too with the, the victim mentality that we have to be careful with too in our in our own lives, where we just we people have been hurt, and there's no question. So we're comparing this to being passed over in the draft. Um, but but I think sometimes we can hang on to that identity as a victim without experiencing the healing and the moving forward. And so we want to stay as a victim and with that chip on our shoulder. And, it, and it, we think that somehow that's going to motivate or, or move, motivate us or move us forward, but it actually holds us back. And so we have to be careful with that. Um, and so when I do look at it from the NFL draft perspective, the two guys that we mentioned that, oh man, poor guys, like, I can't believe they had to go through such a tough, tough situation. Will Levis ends up with the Titans. He's got an opportunity there. Ryan Tannehill on the way out. Malik Willis, you know, those two guys can, whoever's going to develop better. Willis has a, wa- a ways to go. He doesn't have a, I don't think he has, he has a leg up on, on Will Levis. Mm-mm. So, okay, you slip to the second round, but you're in a good spot. And Joey Porter Jr. ends up with his dad's team. So, whether that's good, I assume that's a good thing for him. Um, it seems like it. Well, it's a great franchise either way. But I know my my Bengals buddy uh, had wanted no business with Porter potentially going to to Cincinnati. So when he was on the board, it's like, oh, nah, just just please go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, but but even then, for those guys to view themselves as as victims, it's like you guys are in a great spot. Not to mention that you've been drafted into the NFL mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be okay. But we have to shift our mindset in how we approach that as well. And so as we take this a step further, and for now speaking as, as followers of Jesus, how do we want to approach specifically this concept of having a chip on our shoulder? And I mentioned it, being motivated by, by love. Are we motivated by the love that Christ has shown us? And so that's the love that we show others. And we view things through you know, the lens of grace and hope and, and God's goodness in our life. And so when we are passed up, when we are rejected, when we've, we've been you know, wronged in, in certain ways, we turn to, to, to Jesus to trust him, to give us the strength to move forward, to, to give us uh, hope for our future, ultimately knowing that we have eternal life. And so that's the, the greatest hope and perspective that we have. And it gets us through the, the times of of what could be a bitter situation or an ang- you know, when the anger starts to, to build up in us mm-hmm. and we, we say, well, I want to go prove everybody wrong. All right. Jesus has, has proved his love to us, has proved his grace to us. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to I cling to him and allow him to change my motivations, to change and renew my mind and how I view things and, and not view it as poor me, woe is me, but all right, all right, God, this happened to me. You heal me. I know that, that your grace is enough for me. And, and that's, that's what I'm going to, to focus on. And yep. it's, it's, it can be hard to do because we'd rather have the chip on the shoulder mentality. Mm-hmm. But again, is that what's best? I don't think that's God's best for us. No. And it, I, I think it's partly rooted in just our, our constant struggle with fearing man, fearing the opinions mm. of man. Because a chip on our shoulder, wanting to prove him right, prove her right, Oh, I'm going to show you. That's a mentality of, I really care what they think about me. Mm. It's not this, oh, yeah, I don't care what they think about me. Look, I'm going to show them. No, no. 
the chip on your shoulder is a mentality where you care so much about proving someone right. It's because their opinion of you has you in <laughs> this bondage is what it yeah. feels like, rather than living in the freedom of, I've been accepted in Christ. I at once was enemies with God, according to Scripture, and now I am a friend of God through Jesus. So when we look to Christ and we really sit, and certainly we will not be perfect at this at all. There's no uh, arriving at this until we're in heaven with God. But as we really sit and think about, I have been accepted in Christ, someone's opinion of me Mm. doesn't change that. It really doesn't matter. What does God think of me? I'm a son or I'm a daughter. I've been accepted because of the grace of the Father through Christ and by His Spirit. I have nothing to prove to this person, Mm. even if they think little of me. Okay, I know God has accepted me. Surely that's good enough. Mm. But that really takes the Spirit working in our hearts and undoing this constant desire to gain the approval of people, prove people wrong, prove people right, which is just based on I really want to please the opinions of man, and we all struggle with that. Yeah, and it takes yeah it takes it takes our focus off what what's what's most important, and and so we're yeah we're looking at other people like we talked about last week about comparison uh, that kind of flows into that. Our eyes are wait why are we why are we worried about what they think? Why are mm-hmm. we worried about what they're doing? No 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 what what is God calling me to, and how is He healing and helping me move forward? Um, without being held back by, by what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, all right, at the root of this bitterness, anger. So what does the Bible say? Uh, we go to Ephesians four thirty one and 32 in the amplified, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault finding and slander be put away from you along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, male- male- malevolence, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. And so if, if Christ has forgiven us, and, and, and just what, what Luke was, was talking about as well, has accepted us, uh, th- then we can forgive others, and, and we can let go of, of the things that have happened. And, man... Yeah, we got rejected. We got hurt. We, you know, this wasn't right. I was wrong. I feel like that that wasn't fair. But I, I forgive them and I let go. And I rest in, in who Christ is and what he's done for me. And all right, Lord, what, where are we going? What are we doing next? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hold on all this bitterness and, and have that dragging on me. And, and really, we think it's a chip on our shoulder as a good thing, but it's almost, it's really a burden that we're carrying. Oh, no question. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, so. because in the long run, Trying to preserve that chip on your shoulder must be exhausting. You're living in your own strength. You're constantly worried about what people think of you. And I, I think I, I want to comment on um, that Ephesians 4 passage, the end of it, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. That, because one of the, another root cause of this chip on our shoulder is because we, we won't, we can't give up grudges. We refuse to give up this grudge, which is an extremely relatable thing that all of us wrestle with on when someone has wronged us, 
whether on purpose or on accident. Bitterness, we hold that against them. We have this grudge. But ultimately, that operates out of a position of not necessarily fully, say, understanding, because even lifelong Christians struggle with this. But it's not living in the full knowledge of, I have been forgiven in Christ. And when we really understand that, there's no reason not to forgive someone else. That's right. For all that we have been forgiven for, if Christ can forgive us, surely by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can forgive others and we can release this grudge to God. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be reconciled to this person. That's a whole nother conversation, difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. But we don't have to, to your, use your language, we don't have to carry the burden of this chip on our shoulder, of this grudge, which is exhausting. Because we've been given so much, we are able to also forgive others and release that grudge to God. Mm. Amen. Amen. And and I guess, like, you know, we talked about from a sports perspective, the positive side of a chip on our shoulder, and it's like, hey, it's motivation. And 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 for us, what we have to be careful with is when we are rejected, that can be very like discouraging and, and hold us back from moving forward. Like, man, I got passed up. Like this is never going to work. I'm, I'm, I'm no good. And so then if we allow that to hold us back, then we're missing out on the opportunity to use that as positive fuel to mm -hmm. say, okay, no, I'm, I'm reject. I was rejected, but that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like that I, I'm, I'm still, in God's hands, I still have his, his power within me to move forward. And so we use it at, there is a level of fuel there. And so what we're talking about is really that negative where we're carrying it on. Um, but I think we, we have to also be careful not to let you know, whatever that hurt rejection is defeat us either. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if that makes sense, but, but the chip on our shoulder in, in regards to a positive, how do we view it positively? Because some people hear it and go, oh, no, there is a positive side to it. And, and it is because we don't remain in the rejection. Yeah. Um, so uh, hopefully that helps a little bit. Yeah, too. it's just what's the core of our fuel? Is it, yeah. I've been passed over, therefore I'm going to go prove you wrong, and that's my ultimate goal. That's right. Or it's, I've been passed over, but man, God is not done with me, and God is going to use me because he has used me and he's used all these other people as well. Yeah. So it's yeah through that lens on rather than the selfish can't wait to prove you wrong for my own my own desires type of yes. ambition and motivation because that's when it becomes really burdensome. And let's let's bring this personally. Let, let let's 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 bring this home. Uh, I got one more verse to share as well. But but he, so we've been doing unpacking it for ten years. And so when I started out. I met with a lot of people, and over the years, I've met with people. I've, I've shared the vision. I've shared my passion for what unpacking it could be, and, and how we, you know, impact sports fans and tell them about Jesus and and, and encourage them and all that, and, and the things that we're doing. But there were a lot of people that told me, "Ah, I don't think it's going to work. I don't know how you're going to do it. It's, uh, I don't think this sounds like it makes sense. Or, good luck. Like you, you I, I don't want to be a part of it. And so." I was rejected by people. I was discouraged by people. Um, people would tell me to go do different stuff. And, and, and no, this is what God's called me to do. And so I will admit that there are times where I think about those moments or those people, and I go, I can't wait to prove them wrong. I can't wait to show them what I can do. 
but that that's then I'm missing the point. Then I'm not focused on the mission and vision that God has laid on my heart. And, and that's what's the focus. That's that's the path that I'm on, that I must remain on. And so if I'm getting distracted by trying to prove some guy that God didn't give him that vision, okay, that's fine. And, and, and God didn't put it on his heart to be a part of this. And that's fine. Maybe he's got you know something else for him to do. And, and that that's great. And so I can't remain in that and be discouraged and say, all right, I give up because this person rejected me. And I can use it as a little bit of fuel to say, okay, that's, that's discouraging, but this isn't the end. And so I keep going, but I also don't have to carry it as a, a chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. to say, Oh, look how great I am. And I'm going to show them, I'm going to show them who's boss. No, no, that's not the, the right attitude. So. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, this is really well-timed because so this, uh, past weekend I served with my mom and my sister yeah. at a, uh, event for young widows and single moms, which if you have listened to the podcast before, you know my story. If you haven't, um, lost my dad when I was eight. So grew up, <clears throat> just my mom, sister, and I, um, I didn't grow up with my dad here. Um, and what something that I remember hearing, and I and we still hear, which causes a lot of hurt mm. to um, families in the situation is when people bring statistics, Hey, especially to single moms, cause they have a lot of fear. How, how are my kids going to turn out? People mm. give statistics. Hey, you know <clears throat> what happens with no father in the home? They're at risk of jail. You know, they're at risk of doing all these things. Well, no, that doesn't have to be the case. So mm. I certainly, there was probably an element, especially from my mom's perspective on mm. my kids aren't going to turn out this way. Certainly there was a, probably a temptation to have a huge chip on her shoulder. And in her own strength, she's striving to prove these people wrong who are throwing statistics at her. Mm. But ultimately, God brought her to a place and us to a place of, no, God, that doesn't have to be our story, not because we're going to do anything amazing and prove people wrong, but because you promised to be faithful to us, Mm. which he has been. Mm. And this weekend was a really sweet time of being 17 years removed from that and being mm. able to stand on a stage and speak to families and, and single moms in the situation that are fearful, are mm. fresh from loss, and we get to express to them hope. Look, you don't need to have a chip on your shoulder that you're going to turn out well, that your kids are going to turn out okay, but it's more you can really trust God to be faithful to you in this. Um, so that's uh, this topic is awesome. really relevant to that because... My family and I battled with having a chip on our shoulder to prove people wrong rather than are we, re- are we just going to trust God that we're going to be okay? Gosh, that's awesome, man. That's, that's really encouraging. And uh, yeah, that does, that fits in well for sure. Um, and so, yeah, are we motivated by, by God's mission, by his love, by his grace, or are we motivated by hurt and pain and bitterness and anger and, and so what's, what's better? What's the best way? And, and we talk about that a lot. We, we want to go the best way. We want, we want God's best in our life. And, and so we have that opportunity to let go of bitterness and, and to bring that to Jesus because he's the one that's going to take it from us and, and replace it with peace and, and, and vision and joy and all those, those wonderful things um, with the right motivations. And we don't view, we don't have to view people as, uh, yeah, the negative roadblocks or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, the, 
There, there are people that, that will come into our lives that, that, that will support us and encourage us, and there will be people that hurt us and p- attempt to bring us down, and, and we can allow that to happen, or we can, all right, yep, that hurt, that was unfortunate, but I got to keep moving forward because mm-hmm. God's, God's continue, uh, continuing to work in me and through me, and, and so that's got to be our, our, our focus. And so as we uh, bring this back to kind of the, the NFL, you know, many players finish the draft with disappointment and unmet expectations. They went undrafted. They, they went later than they, they thought. And, and so for each of us, what feelings are we wrestling with today? Where are the unmet expectations and the disappointments? And what, what are we doing with those kind of those feelings and those thoughts? And so instead of setting out for revenge with resentment in our hearts and, and that chip on our shoulder, let, let's choose to be motivated by love as we experience freedom and forgiveness because of Christ within us. And so there is freedom from it. And there is, mm-hmm. we've been shown forgiveness. So we show forgiveness for, for those that, that have hurt us and, and the disappointments that we've, we've experienced. Yeah. Um, and we have the freedom of, there's nothing for us to prove. We've been granted acceptance in Christ and we can live freely in that. We can freely follow Jesus now not feeling the pressure to gain people's approval, to try to gain God's approval. There's nothing you and I could do to, for God to love us more, for God to accept us more. If I go serve 12 hours today at uh, a soup kitchen, that doesn't add to God's love for me. There's mm. nothing I could do to increase his acceptance of me because he's accepted me fully in Christ. So we can live freely in that. There's nothing mm. more to prove. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24, 29 gives us this encouragement. And don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done to me. I'll get even with them. So how many of us are living with that that mentality? I'll get even. I'll show them. I'll be better than this person. I'll be, you know, I can't believe they they turned me down. I'll show them. And and we we don't need that. So again, Ephesians, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, let let that be put away from us. So Luke, great job. I hope people uh, leave encouraged today. Let's, let's drop the, the chip on our shoulder. Let's stop, let's stop glorifying it. It's like we celebrate it in sports, and I get it to a certain extent, but, man, we, we take it too far. Let, let's, uh, there's much better ways to, to be motivated and focused. So be encouraged. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.